Hi everybody, welcome to Pickpocket, the podcast for all you growth thieves out there. Yes, you heard that right. I said growth thieves. And before you start panicking, let me clarify, we're not talking about stealing from anyone. We're just talking about stealing growth tactics at work. Now, if you're tired of listening to those usual marketing podcasts that put you to sleep faster than a lullaby, then you've come to the right place. At Pickpocket, we don't do theoretical topics. We're all about real world knowledge and experiences from industry experts who've been there, done that, and earned that label. We're going to dive into the nitty-gritty of MadTech space and bring you insights that will make you a better marketer, advertiser, or a brand builder. But we're not just going to talk about the success stories. We're going to share the failures, the lessons learned, and the funny moments along the way. We're all about keeping it real and relatable. We will be talking about hacks that work in the real world, the stuff that will help you take your business to the next level. So whether you're a seasoned marketer or just starting, join us every week on Pickpocket as we talk to some of the biggest growth thieves in the game. And who knows, you might just steal a few tactics yourself. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and let's get ready to steal some growth. So on episode one, we welcome our esteemed guest, Dr. Smita Ranganathan, a seasoned advertising and brand communication expert. She's also a senior teaching faculty at SPGN School of Global Management, educating students on digital strategy, brand communication, and contemporary marketing. She serves on the board of governors at IM Code Laboratory for innovation, venturing, and entrepreneurship. She is involved as the honorary marketing advertiser with NABARD and advises several all-women social enterprises and e-commerce portals that has been a recipient of numerous awards and was conferred the Bhumika Iconic Award by the Times of India Group in 2017. She has been an esteemed speaker at many prestigious forums like GeoTalk and is also an enthusiastic contributor to popular media publications like the Economic Times, BBC, and Washington Post. She has got over 46 media publications to her credit. And the best part of all of this was that she was my marketing professor at SPJN in 2017. And I'm extremely excited to have had the opportunity to be able to have her as our first guest on our podcast series. Welcome to Pickpocket, ma'am. Um, so the next 25, 30 minutes is going to be a very interactive conversation about your experiences as a marketer, a brand builder, and most importantly, as a mother. So coinciding with uh, Mother's Day, we'd like to explore the topic that would be very relevant to our listeners, uh, which is, you know, we want to talk about mothers as consumers. So I, I believe this is a very you know underrated topic, and uh, not a lot of podcast has really explored uh, this topic. And uh, you know who better than to hear it from the industry expert and a mother herself, right? Um, so, ma'am, would you like to share anything that you want to talk about uh, about how you you know uh, how you juggle the roles as a you know marketing uh, marketing industry expert as well as being a mother, and how uh, you know how the Indian consumer fabric has changed, um, you know, how it has been over the years. Um, how do you see that? And how do you look at mothers as a segment? Thank you so much, Shrevidya. It's an absolute privilege to uh, be on your show, if I might take the liberty of calling this so. And nothing gives us a greater trophy moment than seeing our students uh, do so well for themselves, making a very conscious attempt to uh, navigate the path less traveled, right? So I am extremely grateful that our paths met once and they meet again. It was wonderful to see your growth trajectory. Uh, in terms of um, 
the name for your podcast, I think that's a very exciting uh, name that you've decided to coin because I think um, growth is, I think uh, it's, it's more about uh, uh, being faster than anybody else to achieve outcomes. I think that's the basis around which you've come up with a very creative coinage, which is quite like, very interesting. Uh, specifically answering your question, Shevidya, which is um, uh, what are my thoughts about uh, mothers as a uh, as a segment of consumption? I think uh, I, I strongly connect to this, uh, not as a quote-unquote marketing expert, because I don't think I'm an expert. I'm still learning with you. But I think it's a very, very interesting uh, segment to speak about. And I'll tell you why. A mother, uh, you know, sort of exists in the ecosystem in the form of three concentric possibilities. So she's actually a mosaic of possibilities. Right, right. What I mean by that is at the fundamental level, she needs to be very comfortable with the choices that she makes as a woman. At the second ring, if you want to visualize it, like, as I said, like concentric spaces that she holds for herself, she needs to be very comfortable about the decisions that she makes as a, uh, as the lady of the house, right? Uh, that is where a lot of influences could uh, come into play, which will alter her decisions, which will uh, impact um, her own consumption goals for herself and for her family. And then comes a point in the innermost circle where she's, where she's very motivated to make decisions for her offsprings, right, her children. So I, I don't think we should oversimplify what a mother as a consumer stands for. It's going to be a constant interplay of these three spheres which is the woman, the one who makes the decision for her family and the one who makes decisions for her children. So that's the context that I look at. The second thing is the moment uh, we talk about mother as a consumer, I can always hear on the sidelines, gone are those days where it's the mother who makes only the decision. Because we're talking more parenting goals, so mother is no longer a gender-based identity, but it's more a role that is played. And I must give it to a whole lot of new age dads who take an equally important play, an important role to be part of this. However, I will still want to zoom in on the focus of your podcast, which is mother, because these three distinct layers that I spoke about is very unique only to the woman, right. the mother, right? So if at all, a father's influence could come up in the innermost circle where he plays an important role in co-creating those decision variables. Uh, so I just want to check, uh, does that sort of augur well with what we are trying to create? Right, right, absolutely. I think it's very important to understand, you know, because mothers play such a central part in the decision-making process in a household and especially in today's era, right? And it's, I think you very beautifully, you know, you spoke about how it's, you know, it, it's it's not just the woman's responsibility, but also the new age, the new generation uh, fathers who are also stepping up. So I think that's, it's very brilliant uh, how, you've, how you're seeing it. And, um, you know, I think that there's a lot to learn from that. 
So I think thank you for that, ma'am. I think, and as a segue, I'd also like to, um, you know, quickly understand what do you think are some of the opportunities and challenges when you look at this entire segment uh, that we call mothers, right? How do you think we could engage uh, mothers in, you know, like any kind of a brand building exercise or something like that? How do you think we could engage that segment? Right. So the first, uh, I will not try to be a prescriptor or, or, or uh, advisory in my thoughts, but a couple of pointers. Now, these three layers that I spoke about are very dynamic. They are dynamic based on the life position of the mother. They are dynamic based on the macroeconomic factors which determine how we make decisions. Like, for instance, you find that in a recessionary economy, it is the mother who will make very tight-fisted choices for, right. the, for the family, right. for herself, but will still be very liberal about the kind of spending she might want to make for the child. Right. You see what I'm saying? She's never going to undercut what she's going to spend for the child, but suddenly she becomes tight-fisted on what she spends for herself and for the household. Right, right. In an economy which seems booming, there is huge opportunity for her to find ways to rediscover ourselves where the dispose, the you know, the disposable income is higher. So she starts experimenting more right. on the right. other two layers, right? Right. right? So whichever way, I think brand custodians need to understand how to win when it comes to the wallet share of mothers. Right. And I really like the word that you used, which is um, what are the opportunities? I think the first thing that we need to learn and respect is you cannot buy the attention and interest of mothers anymore. Right. You can only earn their respect. So whether you are a brand of an infant nutrition or you are a brand for a toddler right. or you are a brand for a, a teenager, or you're a brand which is trying to speak to slightly more senior mothers, you have no choice but to head towards the earning their respect. Right. And I think the only way you can earn the respect of a mother is by appreciating, I think, three critical things that I believe are important. Irrespective of the life journey of a mother, a mother will always be starved for time. Right. Time poverty is something that all mothers experience because you're always juggling hundred things. Right, right. Do you have something in your offering which is going to make my time expenditure uh, better? Yeah, right. Yeah. Is it going to be really worth the time I'm going right. to spend with you? Right, right, right. That's going to be the first question you're going to ask yourself. The second question that you might want to ask is. Mothers look forward to reassurance. Right. Mainly because we always go through sometimes very contrasting um, or contradicting priorities which we are facing. Right. For instance, if you look at the second layer of the three concentric circles that I was talking to you, maybe the family has always made a decision in a particular way. Right. However, right. the mother, especially you find more new age mothers who are far more confident in terms of the quality of the decision that they're making for the right. child might decide to go against the tide because you think in the longer run, it is in the interest of the child. So mothers want reassurance. Right. So it is pretty much in the purview of marketeers 
to try and inspire mothers with the confidence that they need, the reassurance that they need to make right. sure that they make better quality decisions. Right. Last but not the least, there is no way you can consider shortchanging a mother. Right. Because if you are trying to be very transactional with the mother, you might get her only once in your entire customer journey. You will need to be relevant to the mother, all right, through the life journey. So I think these are three things which are constant, irrespective of the persona of the mother that you will be looking at. Right, right. It, it's very interesting, ma'am, because it's quite nostalgic for me. I remember how when you used to take classes at SPJ and you, you, you would touch upon some of these topics. And it's very interesting for me to know that, you know, uh, you know it, it's all coming back down to, you know, to that point. So it's very interesting. And I also liked how you touched upon how uh, mother's consumer behavior changes, you know, in, in a booming economy versus that of a recession economy. It's very interesting to know how, you know, external factors impact a consumer's behavior. So um, thank you for sharing light on that. And on the same note, I'd, I'd like to ask, has there been any campaign in the past that uh, either you know, you've been part of or you have seen that has sort of resonated with you that uh, you know, you've really liked or you've respected? And if you could probably share a few lines on that, um, anything that you right. like. So I think um, as a person and as a professional, I derive a lot of mojo from my, my role as a mother. Okay, and this has very little to do with biology. So the other thing that I want to be very, very vocal about is mother and motherhood is a state of mind. Absolutely. It is not to do with the biology. Right? 100%. So, but what does that state of mind entail? Okay, it entails a sense of ownership. It entails... Um, uh, a mindset of evaluating fertile possibilities uh, where you're very accountable to what you're making, right? So I think in all my spheres of life, the most dominant uh, role that I play is that of a mother, okay? Specifically talking about um, campaigns that I have a lot of respect for. Uh, I love campaigns which tend to be very inclusive. Right. Uh, and which celebrate the the understated stability that mothers bring into their ecosystems silently without expecting celebration. I think the Mother's Day celebration is not a yearly once, uh, you know, milestone Correct. where we decide to take them out to a good lunch or dinner, right? Correct. So much of silence and so much of just a set of things that a mother keeps doing. But often gets acknowledged, right. unacknowledged. Right. I think I love the, uh, the the thought behind Procter & Gamble, proud sponsors of mom. Oh, I'm sure you must have seen yes, that in yes. my own class. Yes, It's, it's a heartwarming campaign. I, 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 I adore the, the conviction the brand has to get out of product centricity in its communication and say, well, I know mother is responsible for a variety of consumption choices. And I'm going to sponsor everything that a mother stands for. So I think Procter & Gamble's proud sponsors of mothers is something that I, I that I absolutely love. Okay. Uh, the other campaign that I that I really love, which is which lacks the grandeur but has a very sharp insight around it, is what Ariel did, right? right. 
with the share the load campaign load, yes right and especially there's one particular narrative where uh, you know a woman speaks to her her, her uh, own age peer and she says things are different now but then they come together and realize that things aren't different now and the way she's brought up her son is also where he expects the wife to do the laundry right right and that humility for a mother to learn saying well i made a mistake the way i brought my son up i better be part of this movement where you know they learn to share their load right, right. it comes to laundry or anything else Correct. i think these are two sets of campaigns that i have a lot of respect for because i think they came up with extremely powerful insights which allow mothers to truly lend their ear into right. what is their reality right okay? um couple of campaigns which are ca- without getting into brand specific um uh, insights is right right um i've had to go back and uh, work very early when my son was uh, just 3 months of age that was my life position right right um and uh, i always um sort of felt that i missed out on being available for the nutritional need of my son right right, right. um and i i had the privilege of doing that with my my second born my doctor so one way for me to so i had to wean him off mother's milk very early and then you know put him on feeds i think one method in which i could derive a sense of completion uh, on this is i realized there would have been so many other mothers right. who had a very similar um, you know situational uh, decision where they've had to go back to work and those were days when work from home was never heard of right? yeah. i'm talking about 21 years ago non existent right i had the opportunity to create india's largest breast milk bank for mothers very okay. interesting um which to me was a was a fantastic way to give it back right to the ecosystem of mothers because i we know what it is when you think you should be there for your child but your situational variables do not allow you to be there right so i had the privilege to actually work closely with a brand to put this in place so i think uh, i'm extremely grateful that there's a way when your intent is of a higher order right the universe makes it happen for you so this is something that i'm extremely grateful and very proud of that we could uh, you know do something like this the second one um, which i also thought was a was a fantastic opportunity for me to be associated with is um, we were trying to create the branding insights around um, a brand of health foods okay mm. which is uh, uh, which is which is uh, just a brand of uh, yogurt right and we had the insight uh, and i picked up this insight uh, to create the campaign for this brand in the most unnatural of circumstances which is when i was waiting for the parent teachers meeting all right, right. at our, my son's school i found a lot of mothers discussing right right the discussion was about the guilt that they go through because when they were all working mothers like me and when they came back home when the children came back home from school at 4 pm they weren't there to serve them a nutritious meal right, right? right. 
that became the the trigger point for me to create an absolutely new set of products which specifically focuses on high quality nutrition for children very when they come back from school at 4 o'clock because 4 pm is a very unexplored and unowned space in right, the entire right. nutritional uh, you know cycle so i've had my wow moments and i think somewhere with uh, the privilege of having taught 8600 students till wow. date i think uh, i i get an opportunity to be a mother every day in terms of what i stand for in their minds and their hearts which i'm very grateful for absolutely ma'am i think that's a huge uh, feat you know i don't think that's uh, something that can be taken lightly so congratulations on that and i hope you have uh, you know a, a, a larger i think you we won't just stop at 8600 i think it should go uh, much higher than that so i'm really looking forward to that and when you were talking about the procter and gamble um, uh, you know the the uh, campaign in fact i remember that was one of the first times i was looking at uh, you know an ad like that and i remember watching that in your class and it was it definitely very very Uh, you know touching very heartwarming and uh, i think they spread the message of um, you know not just motherhood i think what they stand for their mission their vision and uh, you know all of that and it's very interesting to know that you've been in the forefront of creating some groundbreaking campaigns you know purely stemming from uh, i think motherly emotions uh, it's 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 very fascinating you know how far a mother would go and you know the, the kind of uh, behavior that it would impact so very glad to know that you've been part of such uh, you know such amazing ideas and such amazing campaigns ma'am um i i'd also like to understand another facet of this right um how do you think um, technology or you know digital consumption have uh, you know impacted uh, you know consumer behavior uh, you know predominantly that of the you know the the mothers as consumers how do you think technology plays a role here uh, although you know i spent so much time advising brands on digital marketing okay i still want to drive the same point right digital will always be only the enabler driver has to be human emotions and understanding human emotions Absolutely. right so let's go back to those three things i tried to establish just a while ago mother constantly deals with time poverty she's always juggling around multiple priorities how can technology help her make a better quality decisions for herself her ecosystem and for her child how can you enable that let's take a particular campaign i think this is one of the areas where a brand like tide right has done a fantastic job today when you say digital gone on those days when you are looking at digital only from the perspective of search right right social of course does play an important role but most importantly you will find a lot of busy mothers get into voice commerce right you are actually making the decision by asking an alexa or a siri can you tell me how can i uh, sort of take this uh, you know the brown stain off uh, the white pants of my son who's just back from soccer practice right, right. this is the question i'm asking alexa that's exactly where tide has come up with some fantastic skills right we right. call them skills on the um, voice commerce platforms which sort of gives me at least six different ways to help do away with the the you know the the stain on the on 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 the child's uh, you know uh, dress so i think a mother will start automatically respecting brands which are going to be very valuable and relevant to her it's not about what the brand has to say 
It's about how the brand has to respond to the queries that the mother juggles with daily. Right. right? So it's from that perspective that it's going to be very interesting to see how many brands have the courage to anticipate a mother's questions, right. mother's dilemmas. And these are not even questions, these are dilemmas. Right. And how can they be available for her to answer them at a time which sort of makes her life easier. So digital can definitely enable faster, more frictionless consumption choices if I can be useful to a mother. Right. right? Right. That's number one. Now let's look at the second one. We look forward to reassurances. Reassurances not because we are weak. We need reassurances to make sure we make we, we make better quality decisions for ourselves and our you know families. Right. From that perspective, right? Um, a woman, a mother today will research deeper. Right. So if you're a brand, your zeroth moment of truth is extremely critical. How are you going to make yourself available in the zeroth moment of truth? How do you ensure that your customer testimonials, uh, good, bad, neutral, are still available for uh, a mother to go back and look at it? In fact, I will have reasons to believe, and this is a hypothesis I must test. If there is a particular product which has got, let's say, a 4.7 out of 5 rating, and let's say over about 6,000 uh, ratings and reviews, there are about three one-star reviews. A mother's instinct will be to go check the one-star review. So she wants to make sure that she leaves no stone unturned in terms of the quality of the decision that she makes. So it will be very, very important for brands to own up their zeroth moments of truth. Right. Right. Because that will be a very, very strong influencer in the the mother's mother as the customer's path to purchase. Right. Right. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think you brought out a really interesting point there about, you know, the decision makers mothers are that they would like you said right look for the negative reviews look for something you know even if one or two people have said something that did not work out for them with that brand i think they do that that amount of research when previously they may have not done that you know had it been had they been purchasing for themselves so uh, i think it's a very interesting point because uh, we're beginning to realize that we're just not uh, you know it's very important for brands that they understand motherhood as an emotion rather than motherhood as a as you know as a segment or as a target so i think you've put it very beautifully and it's it's very uh, interesting to see how brands are now beginning to think on that on those lines and now they're bringing in the digital aspect as well ma'am so i think that's very interesting um i think you know a, a very quick follow up to that would be again um, how do you think the uh, the parenting narrative has changed over the you know uh, past couple of years, especially now that we were talking about uh, the digital uh, you know uh, interception, and we were talking about how the new age mothers uh, you know how they put in a, a lot more effort in terms of having access to research on a lot of um, you know uh, brands that they're buying from. So how do you think that whole parenting narrative has changed? How that fabric has changed, and where do you see the trend going? Like in the next couple of years. Great question. Um, I think you'll find uh, earlier, we would say that there is a generational shift in mindset uh, every 15 years. When I was growing up, we would say there's a generational shift every 10 years. Today, I think there's a generational shift every five years. And I would suspect that it is only going to reduce. Right. Okay. 
so the way a mother 10 years ago made decisions are very different what she believes in what she stands for so i could have been in business for 125 years as a brand but i cannot sit on that high horse and say well i have been selling to mother 120 125 years because this mother is not like the mother that you ever saw even 10 years ago number one secondly more so the very stereotypical caricature of the mother think of the 1970s mother india narrative right right that was real then okay you are looking at an extremely driven but a very sacrificial um, woman right. would just do anything to make sure you know that means she's depleting within herself right 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 i am not for one saying that that instinct is born the instinct exists right uh, but we are also extremely conscious about how much will be great ourselves right. in the process of being mothers i think today mothers the narrative to me the way the shift has happened is we have far more confident mothers who believe in self care right we have mothers who have the courage to ask the question why not absolutely we have mothers and this has of course is is, is definitely related to economic independence right. but it has a lot to do with the community that mothers can choose to you know be part of right and i think this is exactly where there's a huge opportunity for brands right can you help harbor communities which can support mothers right because uh, just a very small instance right the last one week i've spent time at the golf course because my my daughter's uh, learning professional golf and i get to meet a set of 16 mothers each one of them and incident is all mothers okay all of them coming from you know quite uh, successful career paths and all of them but it's again the mothers who are sitting there the right. fathers are i don't know why okay <laughs> i'm not for once taking it away incident right. today my husband's taken my daughter because i'm on this call so they're pitching undoubtedly but incidentally majority is still mothers right when right. they sit there we realized that at the end of the two hours the kind of collective strength and absolute strangers right who come together in the collective strength with which each one goes back because there's a lot of empathy there right. there's a lot of compassion people have for each other irrespective of our paths being different we realize there's still a collective sense of ownership and accountability to our roles so it's important for us to harbor those strong communities which can support mothers and today with the family dynamics ever changing you definitely have a lot of single mothers as well right. and i think they will also benefit tremendously at the same time they can add a lot of value to the the quality of the decisions that mothers can make women can make for themselves so i think it's important for us to try and see how can we create these thriving communities which can sort of support because it, it they do say right it takes a village to raise a child yes i think it needs many villages to come together to raise a mother because every time a child is born a mother is born and it's important for us to appreciate celebrate and support her don't look at her just as another persona there's right. so much more to her than just that 
Absolutely, absolutely. And then I think I 100% agree to when you, you know, when you were saying that the generational shift a couple of years ago, you know, happened probably a decade or so. But now it's, you know, it's it's probably reducing as we go in time. And, and, I, and probably the next couple of years is going to be like every two, three years, you're going to be finding completely different uh, mindsets, you know, of, of, of how mothers are going to be thinking, how they're going to be viewing, um, you know, the brands, how they're going to be viewing the products they buy. So I, I completely, you know, I I can see uh, where we're headed towards that trend. So it's very interesting on that thought. Um, so with that, I think, ma'am, we've come to the final segment of our podcast. And, um, you know, we'd like to do something different because, you know, you could, as you can see with our, with the, you know, with the name that we have for our podcast, which is Pickpocket, you know, we're, we're playing a little bit with the uh, wordplay. Um, similarly, we wanted to have a segment where essentially it's just, a, you know, like a, you know, a sort of a brainstorming session, um, you know, where uh, you as an industry expert and, you know, as a mother yourself, I just wanted to understand um you know, let's say if you were to be, you know, uh, curating some kind of a, an idea or some sort of a campaign for, uh, you know, for a brand um, with, uh, you know, motherhood as the central character or the central protagonist, how would you go about ideating that? Or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what do you think are the important aspects that need to be, you know, taken care of when you're, when you're ideating something like this? Okay, that's a very interesting one. Um, I, I'm not going to go specific to the brand. Right, right. Um, I think I'm going to go with the central narrative. Okay? Right, right, right. I think the the entire storyfication about mothers, right, has always been about nurture and care. Right. That's what she's always stand, stood for. That's perfectly good. But at the same time, it's also important for us as mothers to stand unflinching on non-negotiable values in children. Right, right. And I think this is as relevant to mothers of sons as it is to mothers of daughters. Absolutely. So if there's a campaign that I'd like to build, I think I will like to build where the central character or the protagonist is a mother who stands her ground on non-negotiable values that she'd like her son to imbibe. Because I think a mother has such a strong role to play in, in the man that the son ends up being. Absolutely. Right? So, if it's if it's about a campaign around Raymond, which celebrates, uh, you know, the kind of man that he's ended up being, I want to maybe rewind the campaign of the mother, or the story of the mother and see how this mother stood her ground. Alright? Even when the ecosystem may or may not be in support of her, but she stood for the values that she wanted to see in her son. Right. And that's exactly what made her the man that he is. So I think nurture and care is very, very innate to us. It's second right. nature to us. But I think it's about the values we want to drive, which is going to make a huge difference in what right. we stand for and what the gen next will stand. Right. Right. I think that's where I'll go with. I think uh, I've never thought of uh, uh, whenever I see a Raymond that right either on when I listen to it on radio when I watch it on TV I've never actually thought about a backstory to why that man is where he is right and I think it's it's very interesting and very beautiful that you want to have a backstory to that and keep the mother as a you know central character like I don't think anyone would have really thought about it um I think that's a very brilliant way to actually ideate a campaign you know um so you know circling around motherhood so 
thank you so much for that uh, ma'am and i think uh, you know we've come to the end of the uh, podcast and i think i had a lovely time having this uh, you know very casual conversation with you uh, i think there there were so many you know topics that you touched on uh, particularly on you know motherhood i think the my one one of the biggest takeaway would be um looking at motherhood as an emotion right how emotions are driving consumer uh, behavior and how it's impacting their decisions um and i think that there's going to be a lot of takeaways of course for our listeners too and i'm so uh, excited and happy that we were able to you know uh, have you on board for this beautiful conversation and you are actually launching our series and you are our first guest so thank you for your time thank you for uh, you know your support uh, for pickpocket uh, was lovely having you thank you so much ma'am thank you very much vidya it's been an absolute privilege and uh, thank you for bringing uh, out things that i've always believed in right uh, i i haven't really sat down and written a paper on consumer behavior models but i think maybe i should post this thank you very much it's a it's a sheer privilege and i do i really like to wish uh, your podcast um, a wonderful run where you continue to educate us and your stakeholders with very powerful messages right thank you and god bless thank you thank you so much ma'am it was nice having you thank you have a great day